Snowball Spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. Right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. I'm in the studio. Jared is on site out at the Merritt Classic. Let's see. Jared Atha, are you there? Are you there? Doesn't look like it. Jared, Jared, yellow, here, but getting a text from him, I can hear you, oh, I think, you know what, I think we have the wrong buttons pushed, yeah, wrong, we had the wrong pot up, hello, Jared, can you hear me now, I can, we just had the wrong pot, we had to be in the prod (laughs) pot, not the nothing on it pot, okay, so where are you? Trial and error, but we got it fixed. I'm at. I, I'm and yet, guess what? I don't hear a round here. either. Yeah, I, I think we're in good shape. No round, no delay. We're good. We're having a conversation and no interruptions. I love it. 14th annual Merritt Classic. It starts today. It starts at 10 a.m. That's uh, why I'm here because the Canute Trojanettes will start things off against Mangum, uh, followed by Canute Boys in Moreland. And um, like we've talked about earlier in the week, this is a very good tournament. Uh, they call it a classic for a reason because you get a lot of good classic games, and it's uh, it's um, scheduled out like you're going to get some really good games today, tomorrow, and especially Saturday if things pan out the way we think they are. So that's why I'm here and um, getting ready for some for some brunch basketball. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Uh, we'll run down the schedule for today. Uh, there's man, there's basketball tournaments all over the place uh, for the Paragon Communication School. So we'll go over. Uh, where everybody's at today. We'll also uh, talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, Really, I guess since no news is no news with regards to scheduling, I suppose. So it looks like everything is a go for the weekend as far as what we can tell. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the tougher weekends in recent memory uh, for those guys to be focused on what's going on, especially when you think about as far as the sports part of it, how important some of these games are going to be on uh, Saturday and Sunday. College football, what in the world is going on in Oklahoma State? Is this something that OSU fans need to be concerned about? Or is this more just kind of the cost of doing business right now? It's really interesting. As uh, as soon as we got off the air yesterday, defections galore, especially with the wide receivers. Now they're starting to be, um, I would call them rumors slash unsubstantiated reporting out there from reputable sources that you've got the possibility that Spencer Sanders wanted to come back and Mike Gundy told him no. How does that make you feel if you're an OSU fan? Uh, That seems crazy to me that that would be the case, but uh, maybe that is there. And and it kind of goes with, I guess, Mike Gundy's, what his personality seems to be, kind of like my way or the highway, or you're either with us or you're against us. So maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. And I think the question is starting to at least come in my mind because I, I thought it crazy listening to some of uh, the OSU fans that I know, and the, and the good ones. I'm not talking about the crazy ones. I'm talking about the good, solid OSU fans 
that have been maybe questioning Mike Gundy before last year for sure. You know, we can go back to the T-shirt incident. But is there a possibility that Mike Gundy isn't the best guy to lead OSU football in, in what is, will be a new future with Oklahoma and Texas leaving after next year to go to the SEC and OSU seemingly poised to be one of the, the better teams and maybe the preeminent program in the Big 12? Um, that's that's a, a question that I never thought the answer could be yes to, but maybe it is. Um, who's the best quarterback coming out back in the Big 12? We mentioned that at the end of the show yesterday. Get everybody's thoughts on that. Uh, Thunder lose. What a, what a crazy couple of nights uh, for the Thunder. Blowout Boston, score the second most points ever against the storied Celtic franchise. And then use, uh, lose last night to Orlando. Did you see what happened today uh, down at Florida for Texas A&M last night? Yeah, I did. Okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> at the Texas A&M way. I've <laughs> never just the A&M way. I've absolutely never <laughs> seen that one. Uh, OU Hoops falls to Iowa State, another close loss at home. Sooners digging themselves a huge hole in the Big 12 with two home losses. Here's two questions. Are they the worst team in the Big 12? And even if they are, is that still could be good enough to make the tournament uh, with the toughness of what the Big 12 Conference is? And, of course, the high school basketball will tell you what the, the uh, tournament schedule is for today. 225-9698 is the uh, phone to the text line, 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area, you can catch us on KADSAM.com. You can download the app. The app's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News is out on newsstands right now. Pick up free copies of the Penny News. Uh, you can also check that out, thepennynews.com. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV, we're about to tell you where everybody will be. And then, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast is available on iTunes, kadsam.com as well. All right, Jared, so you're at Merit. Uh, you, do you have these brackets, or do you want me to run down what's going on? I do. Okay, go ahead. I got I got this bracket. I don't have all the others, so okay. I'm sure you do. Okay, start out um, with Merit. So the first game, yeah, first game tonight or today I always do that when we play basketball. I always say tonight. Canute and Mangum, they'll start here in about, oh, 50 minutes, uh, followed by the Canute boys taking on Moreland. Um, then go back to the girls' bracket. We'll have the Frederick girls taking on the Turpin girls, followed by it'll be Frederick boys and Turpin boys. And you go back to the girls' bracket. And the one I really am interested in is Moreland girls and Hooker girls. And obviously to see who Canute could play, but really because you've always heard about Hooker, and you know they're always been a solid team out of two A, but they're all the way up there in the Panhandle, so you don't get a lot of opportunities to see them. And I'm anxious to kind of uh, keep my eye on that one. Uh, then the night games or the afternoon game, Hooker boys and Mangum boys, and the night games, the host schools, Merritt girls taking on the Hollis girls, and the Hollis boys taking on the Merritt boys to wrap things up here in day one of the Merritt Classic. Yeah, good stuff. We talked a little bit about some possible matchups, not only tomorrow, but then on Saturday with uh, Merritt against either Hooker or Canute and the finals would be uh, top 10 teams all around there in a couple of different classes. Uh, let's go over to the Western Equipment in Arapahoe. It's starting at 1030 this morning. You've got Sayre and Southwest Covenant on the girls' side, followed by Cordell and Southwest Covenant on the boys. Cheyenne Raiden girls will take on Lakiva Sickles. That's a top 10 team in Class B there for uh, opponent for Cheyenne Raiden with Lakiva Sickles. That's at 110, 230. It's Cheyenne Raiden and Sayre on the boys' side. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. 350 is uh, number one seed Amber Pocasset girls against Cordell, followed by Snyder and Amber Pocasset on the boys' side. 
And then we'll get to the hosts at 6.30. The Rappo Butler Lady Indians taking on Snyder. The Indians draw Lakiba Sickles in the first round. The nightcap starting about 7.50. Arapahoe games can be seen on ParagonTV.com. Let's move over to the Oil Center Classic. we got questions. Will either of us be at the Oil Center? The answer to that is no because we have prior obligations. You're at Merritt. I'll be over at Hinton uh, this week with Elk City. So, no, we will not be able to make it up to the uh, to Woodward to the Oil Center Classic, which is a shame possibly because there's going to be some really good games going on up there at Woodward this week. It all starts at 10 a.m. with the Leedy Lady well, Bison. Our, our Leedy our Yeah, Leedy will be. No, no, yeah, we're exactly. asked specifically. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. You and if I. we will be there. You and I specifically. I see. Yeah, we ain't going to be there. But Leedy will. I mean, well, I mean, we as a group persuade us. What's what's going to be in, what's going to be in the um, break room? What's going to be in the hospitality room? Yeah, Maybe we will be up there. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, Jared. Are you going to drive from Hinton all the way to Woodward? No. no. On Saturday? No. <laughs> if I was going to drive anywhere, I'd probably drive a hammer. I'm telling you, this is the day. This is the day that I've wanted. I've told you about this. I just want to make a tour of all the tournaments in the area, like this day particularly. Because there's going to be games like from now to all the way to the tonight, and just to just to check out the hospitality rooms. Oh yeah, and catching a few games. But this is the day. <laughs> but you don't want to do that with me. Oh, I didn't say anything about that. I just said it's not possible. <laughs> I mean, we got it's just. I know. I it's know. Simply, I mean, I guess you know what I could run out to Merritt for lunch. What's in the hospitality room? You know yet? I haven't even made it. I came straight up here and set up. I don't know. I was hoping there might be like breakfast burritos laying around or something. Well, you never know. They, I'll have to check it out after it, my I promise you they do it up games. right out there at the Merritt Classic. I uh, know it. 10 o'clock this morning up at Woodward. You've got Forgan and Leedy on the girls' side, followed by Laverne and For, uh, Forgan, a uh, boys' game at 1130. Let's see. That means 1 o'clock will be Laverne and Goodwell uh, in a girls' first-round matchup. 2.30 is Arnett and Goodwell. Goodwell number eight in Class B, so that's a tough Draw for the Wildcats there in round one. Tyrone and Balco, a girls' game at four. Five thirty is the same two teams, Tyrone and Balco, with a five thirty game. Then the Nightcaps on the girls' side, number eight Arnett takes on the Woodward JV, and the last game of the day is the Leedy Bison Class B's number four taking on the Woodward JV. Uh, let's see, Warrior Classic got some teams there. Uh, oh man, I can't read the times. Let's see. Let me try to really focus here. Ten thirty. Uh, girls' game will have a Paragon TV. That's Sentinel and Eric. That means the next game should be at eleven fifty. And sure enough, there it is. The number one seed in the boys' side, Class B's number fifteen. Sentinel will take on Corn Bible Academy. The next game of the day will be. I'm going to go with La Mega and Corn Bible Academy girls. So the number one seed, La Mega Lady Raiders. Take on Corn Bible. It looks like maybe 110. Followed at 230. The Hammond Warriors coming off their first win of the season. They get Lomega uh, on the boys' side. Then the Lady Warriors take on Boys City at 350. So you get to see number one and number three in Class B girls starting at 1 to about 4 o'clock for a tip time there for the Lady Warriors. Uh, Shattuck, Class A is number 20. They'll take on Boys City on the boys' side at 510. Then the final two games of the day, the Shattuck girls and Bingaroni. And then followed by the very last game of the night, Bingaroni and Eric on the, the uh, boys. So Eric's got the first game on the girls' side and the last game of the night on the boys' side with Hammond scrunched up in between. And then I think that leaves 
the uh, Elk City Elkettes and the Big Elks. I'll be over at Hinton 420. Start time for the Elk City and Burns Flat girls, followed by the Big Elks and Christian Heritage. That's a 540 scheduled tip time. Of course, that's Big Elk TV and Cool 94 for radio. I think that about gets everybody, doesn't it? I think so. You know what I like about all these tournaments is, I mean, you can call them small school tournaments or whatever. I like how there's a healthy mix of two A schools, A schools, B schools, you know, all in these tournaments together. But then you also get the, the we could talk about the Sheche like up in the Oil Center. You can get some playoff previews. Right. I like it. I, I mean, it, you, you test the waters, you know, outside of your class, maybe outside of your comfort zone a little bit and see how good you really are or what you need to work on. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Big Elks. Would, I mean, like your tournament in Hinton. That's, you know? it, that's yeah. what I was say. I mean, the, the, Big Elks, that the Big Elks would hope to have some say about this, but there's a possibility that Saturday night you could see Class 4A number 6 versus Class B number 1 with Fort Cobb and Newcastle exactly. on the boys' side of that tournament. And, you know, it's interesting that the, these tournaments are happening, or at least that one, coming off of what we saw over the Christmas break when the small schools, anywhere from Class B all the way up to, you know, if you want to say 4A, is kind of the, the end of the small, sports, small schools before it gets to the really big ones. There was as much success as ever that I can remember in one tournament's week from the birth of Frank Teague with Caddo knocking off a 5A number two, a 4A number three, and a 3A number three to win that tournament. Ceiling uh, making their way out of Class A all the way to the finals against the defending 6A champ and putting up a heck of a fight against them. Uh, who else? The 4A boys made a good showing with crossings and and uh, and, and uh, Kingfisher up at the Tournament of Champions. Dale is the champion on the boys' side at the Tournament of Champions, a 2-8 school uh, with Dayton Forsyth at the helm there, knocking off um, the defending 5A champion in Tulsa Memorial. So, yeah, I mean, you you had a whole bunch of really good stuff from the smaller schools, and now at least at Hinton, you know, maybe even out at Merritt, if you want to, you know, 2A and, and A, and, you know, there's there's just some different opportunities once again this week for some of those smaller schools to really make, to, to stamp their mark on this high school basketball season as we're really kind of in the, what would you call this, at least the midway point of the season, if not starting to go I'd, I'd turn, the, kind of turn down the stretch. The turn, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of heading yeah, into the right back stretch. And, of the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're about there. And this, you know, we, saw, we, talk, we said that yesterday. This is very – these next three weeks are mightily important, mightily. And there's a lot of tournaments that are happening in the area, both this week – uh, I don't know, not so much next week, but the no, week after weeks. that, there are a lot of tournaments, two weeks, yeah, that are going to happen where uh, it's going to it's going to really decide your fate playoff wise. So it's important to to look good in these next next two three weeks. No doubt about it. Um, I'm, I don't know if I can hit pause or, or hit mute to keep that sound off because then we won't hear you, right? What sound? That doo doo. Are you not hearing it? Well, every time we get a text on the text line, I'm not okay. It's just, oh, maybe oh it's, I can fix that. You just yeah, sit yeah but tight. no, wait, 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 wait. You can't hit mute because what? then we can't hear you because you're coming through that pot. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm not hearing it. Okay, it's just is it going ears. over air though? That's right. It is. It's no worries. No, no, I can fix that. Are you, you do sure? Your thing. Do your thing. I can fix it. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. If you go away, it's your Absolutely. fault. Absolutely. No, to no to listeners. Okay. I did not shut Jared off. He did it to himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last night, this is the problem knowing how to do everything. It's always my fault. Oh, uh, don't do oh, it. Oh, there's a loop I got. Yeah, don't do it. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. 
Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, we're good. Ah, I see what you did. Maybe you, the, maybe people liked. Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me. Maybe people liked hearing that sound. <laughs> they do, 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 do. The little the little ding dings. Yeah. I don't know. Last night, Oklahoma. I'm filled. the guy that says, "Will you turn off your phone?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I'm sitting around somewhere. Anyways, go ahead. All right. Last night, OU basketball fell to 0 and 2 in the tough Big 12. Another close home loss to a ranked team. This time to Iowa State, uh, 63 to 60. Sooners fell behind 22 to 5. Then turned it on with a, gosh, what was that? A 20 to nothing run to take the lead, or 22 nothing run to take the lead over the Cyclones. Uh, back and forth in the second half, just couldn't get it done down the stretch. Uh, Caleb Grill hit a huge three after Bijan Cortez tied it with a driving bucket, and uh, the Sooners just could not uh, get all the way back into it. In Oklahoma Falls, 63-60. Now 0 and 2 in the Big 12, 9 and 5 overall. Question has to be asked: Is OU the worst team in the Big 12? Uh, yeah, and it's not a bad thing. You kind of alluded to that because the Big 12 is so tough. It'd be crazy to think that statistically or by rankings they wind up at the end of the year the worst team, but then the committee goes, you know what, they're they're not good in their conference, but they're good overall in the country. We Let's put them in, you know, maybe in a playoff, play-in game or something like that. But that's just the nature of the beast. You've got to be good in this conference, and you can't drop two games like that at home. Um, you know, you have your opportunities against Texas and blew it, and you had your opportunities against Iowa State, and you throw it away there at the end. You, you can't because you – it is incredibly hard in this conference, in any conference, but in this conference especially, it's incredibly hard to steal road wins. And up and down in this conference, 1 through 10, it is it is very, very good. It's a juggernaut. Um, so it's disappointing if you're an OU fan, but, that does, but I think by the end of the day, wins and losses are going to prove them out to be, yeah, the, the worst team. It's kind of harsh to say the worst team in, in the Big 12, but like I said, it's it's odd because they could still be on the bubble when it's all said and done. I think that's right, at least momentarily, or, or to start the season. Could we see? Could we see in the conference a kind of a cannibalism effect? Oh, I think. You know what I mean? I think it's if somebody like you saw you saw uh, you saw Kansas State beat Texas, and then you you know what I mean? And we see Kansas go to Lubbock and win. Could we see like a, a cannibalism effect where? It's, you know, you're going to see a couple of losses here and there from the top teams, and, and I, am I making sense with that? Oh, I think if somebody makes it through this conference with only four losses, that's a hell of a year with what they have. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really do. I mean, you know, Kansas, <laughs> the text line's blowing up about the officiate. I mean, anybody that watched that Oklahoma State game on Saturday and doesn't come away thinking, how, do you, how does anybody ever win at Fog Allen Fieldhouse with the way the whistle – changed in the final eight minutes I don't know what you're watching I mean it was just incredible uh the way that Oklahoma State just took it in the shorts there on Saturday OSU should have won that game weren't able to and and a big part of it wasn't necessarily their fault and then at Tech I mean but here's the thing about Kansas the good teams are always going to get the whistle because they just they, they just are and you know, in Fog Allen, you've got to be 10 better on any, any given night to win up there. I think that that's, that that's just true because it's a hard place to win in the first place, and then, you know, all that stuff starts to happen. The, the thing about Kansas, and it's been this way since, gosh, what was that run, 15 or 16 years, whatever that was, where they were, were the regular season champ of this conference. Here's the thing about them. You mentioned how hard it is to win on the road. Kansas is the one team that consistently can win on the road. And that's not necessarily the Fog Allen whistle in their favor there. You know what I mean? 
Uh, they've been able to go you know, places. Yeah, it happened at Lubbock, yeah. Uh, they've been able to go, I mean, year after year after year. Think about some of those teams that Oklahoma had. Blake Griffin didn't get to play that night in Lloyd Noble against Kansas. Uh, but that place was rocking. You're talking about a team, that the two top five teams couldn't get it done, you know, on your home floor. Yep. And, and that's that's yep. the thing. And everybody else in the conference kind of has that same story with, man, we had a chance to derail the, the, the streak at home and lost. And that's the one thing about Kansas above everybody else in this league is they have been able to win big-time road games in huge pressure situations that some other teams haven't been able to do. Well, matter of fact, every team in the conference hasn't been able to do. Um, and it's annoying. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it. It annoys you each and every year, but at the end of the day, you kind of tip your hat and go, damn, they got us again. Yeah. All right. And, you know, go ahead. You can turn that around in every every conference and every sport. You know, there's always that team, you know, in the SEC in football, everyone feels like Alabama gets those calls, right? And, you know, in, in, in the good years, OU always gets those calls in football. It always happens. At, you know, it's just in, in, in a large part of that is the respect the coaches get, you know, like Nick Saban, like, um, um, goodness, I did it again. My name, uh, Bill Kansas Self. head coach. You got Bill, Bill Self. Self. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, that guy. Uh, you know, I mean, there's they get those calls. You know, it's just it just uh, the nature of it all and um, the aura that they bring when they step in on the court or on the field. But that uh, Kansas always gets it done. Yeah, and you know, are they the, the best team in the Big Twelve? Probably until they're not. You know, Baylor's been able to kind of stop that run a little bit uh, with national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things that uh, that had been kind of plaguing this conference, even as good as it's been for ever since its inception, basically. You know, no national titles uh, since that one that Kansas won in 2008. And then all of a sudden now here over the last right. couple of years, you've got Baylor, you've got Kansas. You know, the, the COVID year, Kansas might have been the best team that year as well. So, you know, Tech played for it, uh, which and, and that's the, the diversity of that group. I keep waiting on Texas to really break through. Um, seems like they've had the talent. Yeah, didn't you feel like this was the year, and now they got that controversy happening with their coach? Yeah, and it's just kind of yeah, they, they got just a lot of weird. talent this they year. They always do, and, you know, all of a sudden, they got, yeah. they, then they give up the most points ever scored in the Big 12. Uh, just wild uh, with, with the Chris Beard stuff and – and everything with a brand new yeah. arena, it did kind of feel like, hey, here comes Texas to be a real true power uh, alongside what Baylor and Kansas have been able to do in this league. And uh, that's kind of up in the air now a little bit. Uh, I mentioned and, and, and Texas is such the, the final thought on that. Texas is in such a tough spot on what to do with Chris Beard. It's obvious it they don't like want to fire him, right? Rolling. They don't want to fire because they got things rolling recruiting-wise. And it, like you said, they got a lot of talent there, and I think that's just going to balloon. I think they're going to keep going if they keep Chris Beard. But then there's that whole, you know, black cloud. I mean, do you keep him after these allegations? I mean, it's clear why his wife dropped the charges, right? It's a girlfriend. Girlfriend? I'm yeah. Sorry. Girlfriend. It's clear, right? I think so. Money. Well, Yeah. yeah. It's sad, but it's true. And Texas knows that. Everybody knows that. But what's Texas going to do with this situation? They're in a tough spot. 
they're not they're going to look bad if they retain him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, there's no doubt. But but it's obviously want to, or they'd already fired him. Oh, they want to. Yes, they you know. Want to. I mean, they're gonna look bad. Because I think he's suspended. I think ultimately he's suspended for the rest of the year, and they keep him. Yeah, and then everything dies down, and he's back right. on the back on the sideline later right. on. Yeah, yeah. What about A and M? Anyways, have you ever seen? Have you ever heard anything? So last night, A and M is down at Florida. They're getting all warmed up, and then all of a sudden the game is delayed. And the reason the game is delayed is because. They forgot the uniforms back at the hotel. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> the, the student equipment manager has just been expelled. <laughs> yeah, they for, so they forget. <laughs> Who's in charge of that, right? It's I, would, I would assume, yeah, uh, one of those guys. But you, you think, golly, how can you not have a uniform? Well, the truth of it is it's a little bit different. Like, you know, these, all these high school basketball tournaments going on. They all, uh, you know, everybody's got a shooting shirt or everybody's got warm-up pants or whatever, but underneath you already have your jersey on, right? In college, it's not really like that. A lot of times they've got their practice gear with their shooting stuff as they're going through warm-ups, and then, of course, they all exit. Everybody exits the floor, uh, you know, three or four minutes before, prior to kind of that last little meeting, and that's sort of when everybody kind of starts to get changed, right, and then come back out and go through the final little warm-up. Well, when they went in for that, they realized we don't have the jerseys. <laughs> so the game had to be suspended. Florida actually got to shoot a technical foul free throw. Did you know that was the uh, did you know that that was a rule that if you can't start the game, no. I guess can't start the game on time, you get a T. Um, and so Florida no. was one nothing when the ball uh, was thrown up in the air. It would have been more funny if A&M would have lost by a point, but instead they won by 3. Uh, but still, yeah, classic A&M uh, as far as not you know, I mean, just, you thought it was just confined to their football program. No, no, it's no, no. it's it's uh, it's all over. It's everywhere. Uh, wow, Bobby Bobby Petrino is going to be the offensive coordinator there now for Jimbo Fisher. See that? Yeah. Did you? Uh, I did. Actually, have, think have, it's a good hire. Have you seen the funny tweets about that? Because you remember that was rumored oh, sure. rumored to be possible, and then Petrino ends up out at uh, he just became the coordinator out at uh, UNLV. Within the past couple weeks, right. seemingly shunned right. Jimbo for uh, for UNLV, and of course the joke is uh, they got out there. Petrino looked around at the talent at Vegas and decided, you know what? Maybe male cheerleaders at A and M is a better spot for my husband. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> uh, thunder last night, fall to uh, Orlando. The, the jokes wrote themselves <laughs> oh, all yeah. day yesterday. You saw all the memes oh, and the no gifs doubt. and all those stuff. It, it it and now they're saying now Urban Meyer will join him as a wide receivers coach. Oh, right. It was a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> oh boy! The band getting back together. Right. Thunder fall in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> After blowing out Boston the night before without SGA against Boston. Score the second most points against the Celtics in their storied history, and then Thunder lose. It's always going to be a tough kind of turnaround for Oklahoma City, even though Orlando was still pretty shorthanded after that scuffle at Detroit. They've still got guys serving suspensions. Uh, but Orlando honestly kind of has the the matchup issue against the Thunder with, with Bancaro and some of those skilled big guys that the Thunder just really don't have many guys that are able to guard them. Orlando wins, and so Oklahoma City, you know, kind of on the teeter totter, is the you know blown out by by one of the good teams in Philly on New Year's Eve, then all of a sudden come out of nowhere to beat Boston like they did, but then back down the slide a little bit 
uh, with the Orlando loss coming up last night. But uh, tough back-to-back. Yeah, it's when you, tough when you back-to-back, yeah. back-to-back on the road, yeah. You leave, well, yeah, I mean, they won, they won in Oklahoma City Tuesday night, but then they had to fly. They didn't get to Orlando until, I don't know, 2.30 in the morning maybe, and then it's, it's, a, it's an early tip out there, 6 o'clock here, which is 5 o'clock there. So you really uh, don't have a ton of time, 12 hours, and the next thing you know you're playing again. So uh, those, those are kind of schedule losses in the NBA that happen from time to time, and they happen more often when your team you know, is, is building but still not of the caliber that we've seen here in Oklahoma City before. Yeah, it, it. I think over time, OKC is going to be fine with that group right there, and you're going to take your lumps. And it, it, they had this discussion yesterday uh, on these airwaves about w- at what point in the season do you want to see it go for wins for the playoff or, uh, you know, lottery contention. And and you know, I'm almost there to like, okay, let's shut it down if FGA is going to be sick or out. I don't know. I mean, here we are in January. What do you think? I mean, are we going for playoffs? Do we want to see him in the playoffs now, or do we want to, you know, get in that lottery discussion? I think your goal number one of this season at this point is for SGA to be an all-star. After that, you see where you're at. I mean, as much as it seems like this team isn't quite there, they're really not very far behind a play-in spot. And, you know, if you don't end up getting into the playoffs out of the play-in, you're still in the lottery, so you still have some sort of chance. But at some point, you can't just tank every year. At some point, you got to see, can these guys play 70 games? Do you know that anybody on the, on the roster for the Thunder is capable of playing what amounts to now a full NBA season? Do we have any idea if anybody can do that? Mike Muscala? No, we don't. Maybe? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, and at some point these guys as much as as much as you want the love the idea of lottery luck and Wimbanyama and, and and all of that. You have to see what you've got now. You've got to at least get these guys in these situations to where you're not just wasting a year next year. Because nobody's ever been in these situations, I think this—it's kind of a, a good way to kind of have your cake and eat it too. To where, sure, you can control a little bit, but you can't control like you did last year. Because here's the truth: you're, the ten guys you've got that you're that are playing are way better. That you don't have those. I mean, just one guy on the roster, Poku. Poku, play him 40 minutes last year, and you were guaranteed to lose. I don't know if that's the case this year. Because of his improvement, no, improved, and then yeah. improving the roster, like a guy like Isaiah Joe. Here's a question: Is Isaiah, yeah. is Isaiah Joe the best free agent acquisition in the history of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball? <laughs> That's a good question. It's a very good question. Surely the answer is no. Jury remains. Uh, but but yeah, we, if he if, continues to play like I this, think we need to see more. Yeah, we need to. See, if he plays like this, yeah, that's that. That'd be a that'd be a yes for me. The truth is, it all. see more. It, it all the the whole thing is going to revolve around right now one question, and that is, is Chet Holmgren a difference maker? Regardless of what happens in this upcoming draft, he has to be a difference maker, and that's what really stinks about him not being able to play. So you can start to see whether or not he is. Yeah. But 
you know, we won't know until I, I think what you're going to see, see yeah, I mean, think, in, in meaningful minutes. That's right, and I think you're going to see the Thunder keep keep trying to win. They might pull the plug, but I don't think they pull the plug nearly as quickly as they have the last couple of years. If that makes sense. You know, the perception you mentioned SGA and and uh, All Star. Is it? I mean, is he? Is it? Can we call it? I mean, is he an All Star? Because the perception of him, yes. at least across the league and, and his play. Well, I mean, you know, you said earlier the goal right now should be make him an all-star. I, I think it's done. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I think he's put up the numbers to get there. You're not going to know it until it's announced, like to, to be done yeah. done, just because of, of the team's success. But the one thing about it is you're starting to see that perception grow nationwide right uh, it, you're you're already starting to, mm-hmm. his name is popping up out of the mouths of of different people that follow the league way more closely than than we do you know or or even you know guys like charles and kenny and, and Shaq and those guys are starting to uh, realize hey uh there's this guy in oklahoma city sga He's pretty good, you know, and, and the, the Thunder guy. And, and you know the fans realize it when you start to see the Twitter banter of, well, maybe we can get him away. Maybe we get him to come home to Toronto. Maybe there's rumors that LeBron wants to play with him in, in L.A. You know, you, then the, that's what tells me, okay, the fans are taking notice. You know what I mean? Outside yeah. of Oklahoma City. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see exactly how much notice they take when, when some of those all-star ballot numbers are released, uh, you know, how much impact he's really making. But I can tell you this, yeah. uh, he's made an impact at least in, in the boardrooms of television stations because a week from Tuesday, uh, coming up next Tuesday, Oklahoma City had a game flexed to TNT against Miami. So that it's already making, you know, they had that one flexed out when Chet got hurt because it wasn't going to be, uh, you know, Holmgren versus Bancaro back at the first of the season. Now they get one back. Uh, they're only one of the season, at least on TNT so far, with Miami. The uh, basketball gods are praising me. The basketball gods have blessed me with not having a game next Tuesday. <laughs> there awesome. You. I could yeah, watch there you it. Go. All right, that's, uh, that's hoops for today. All kinds of high school basketball. Paragon TV, Big Oak TV. I mean, I'm serious when I say all day long. Uh, we got the schedules up. You can check out when your team plays. If we have time, we'll run back down. Right run back down that again before we get out of here i am in studio jared's out at Merritt, getting ready for the first game of the day at the Merritt classic with canute uh canute trojanettes versus the mangum lady tigers hey some good news jared on the twitter sphere here this morning uh, let me find let me get let me get back to it that gummit updated uh kair elam who just happens to be a teammate of damar hamlin he tweeted out, our boy is doing better. He's awake, showing more signs of improvement. Thank God. Keep your prayers coming. All love to number three. So maybe some good news there. Uh, Shams Sharania, who he's more normally an NBA guy, he tweets, Buffalo Bills announced DeMar Hamlin is neurologically intact, showing extremely positive signs toward recovery from critical condition due to cardiac arrest. So some good news on the DeMar Hamlin front here this morning. Uh, looks like maybe he's getting uh, starting to, to get a little bit better. So that's uh, you know all those prayers yeah. uh, from people throughout um, the the world. Really, uh, here's that here's the statement from the Bills. Per the physicians caring for Demar. Okay, good. You saw that. Yeah, I just I just saw it. Uh, uh, Demar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours 
still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. Grateful for the love and support we have received. That was courtesy of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so that's the actual, that's the actual statement that Shams was uh, basically referencing in his tweet, saying that uh, some good news at least for now, good good signs coming uh, out of Cincinnati for Demar Hamlin. That's the my p- biggest fear was neurology. The yeah. They mentioned the um, the brain. They mentioned right. the brain because my biggest fear was the lack of oxygen and what the long term effect. But it seems it, it appears as as what we've just read that. He, it seems he's going to be okay in that, and that's that's awesome. And, and also, so you know, like you said, his lungs are already starting to repair. I'm sure it's a long road, but it looks like uh, that road is getting uh, brighter um, with each day. So that's that's great news. Power no of prayer, man. Power of prayer. No doubt about it. So that's the good news. The bad news. I've got some bad news for everybody. Oklahoma State football. Mm. What is going on? Uh, There's so many different things flying around out there. I I can tell you yesterday, well, gosh, since what, 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Tuesday through right now, Oklahoma State is now down to one of their their most productive six receivers off of last year's squad, either due to the portal or, you know, graduation uh, with with both yesterday, Stephon Johnson and, and uh, Bryson Green jumping into the portal, joining um, – who was the other one? Oh, my mind just went completely blank. Uh, John Paul, Richardson? Yeah, John Paul Richardson. Uh, in the yep. last 24 hours of, of leaving Oklahoma State as receivers, what's going on? Uh, is, is there any way to actually know what's going on? I, I mean, uh, what, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, we saw a little of this yesterday or last year in Norman, but that was thanks in large part to the coaching change. Um, but so, I give OSU fans this: just hang in there because it it does get better. I know it's six and seven season that OU just had was in large part because of what happened last year, but um, now after that recruiting cycle, it looks like things are going to be fine in, in Norman, or they appear to be. Hang in there. I think there's a there's a it could be a situation where like you kind of talked about in the opener, Mike Gundy is putting his foot down, he's he's digging in his heels, going, This is this is how it works here. This is if you don't want it, there's the door, and a lot of people are maybe either calling his bluff or going, Fine, I'm out. And that's what he wants. And so he can get more of his guys or more of program guys back in there, maybe through the portal or recruiting, but um, I don't know, you can only speculate. I mean I'm that's what I'm doing. I'm just speculating what I think's going on. Um, I, and I don't know if it's maybe a thing in the locker room that Mike, and there's been that talk, did Mike Gundy lose the locker room? Did Spencer Sanders, with his defection, and he's kind of tweeting around or texting his boys and saying, hey, man, this is what this is what he told me, and if you guys stick around, he's going to tell you that too. And, and I don't know. I mean, you, again, only, only speculating. But if you're an OSU fan, and you mentioned that there's going to be calmer heads out there, and there are calmer OSU fans out there, and, Hang in there. It's 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 not the end of the program, end of the world. Um, there's there will be a you know it, it's the darkest before the dawn. So I, I think they'll be fine, but it, it might get ready for a rough season, just like OU had. Yeah, I'm gonna have a hard time believing that uh, Mike Gundy has told Spencer Sanders anything. When you read what Trace Ford had to say about his, you know, his, if you haven't read it, yeah, that's, Jake, that's Jacob true. Unruh completely haven't, yeah. Yesterday put out uh, a story where he talked to Trace Ford, and Ford says he didn't hear uh, from either his position coach, Greg Richmond, or Mike Gundy, hasn't heard from them since he got in the portal. 
So I don't – and Gundy even said himself when was asked toward the end of the season or maybe right after the season before the bowl game, you know, what his protocol is. He said, we don't talk to him. We let him talk to their representation. We let him talk to their, to, to their family about making the best choice for them, which seemed ludicrous at the time. If you're trying to – I mean, surely you're not okay with letting your – you know, what, leading tackler, second leading tackler in Mason Cobb. Uh, you're, surely you're not okay with just these guys leaving, are you? Uh, it doesn't – if you are and you're trying to replace them uh, with, with high school kids, that's not working as the just a brutal recruiting class by the numbers at least, uh, the rankings. And then, I mean, I get it. Oklahoma State fans can say, well, we've been, we've been way better than the recruiting rankings for years, which is true. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But also, are you not concerned about the numbers, the number of kids that they signed? I mean, you, you basically, your recruiting class is replacing what's defected in the portal numbers-wise, just player for player. And then you've, you've what, six or seven guys in the portal coming in, so you're a, you're a net seven? That's not the way it works. They're, they've only got like 72 guys on scholarship right now. So you're starting out down 13. What is going on? It's, maybe this is one of those bullheaded Mike Gundy moves and he proves everybody wrong, right? He's done it in the past where, where you thought everything was slipping away, just like when, when the T-shirt thing happened. It looked, like he was, it looked like it was the end of Mike Gundy at OSU, and he came back with a season that nearly netted a, a playoff run, and that was last year, just a year ago. How, how crazy has this last 12 months been Considering a year ago, Oklahoma State was coming off a near Big 12 title, possible playoff berth, and a win in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl over Notre Dame. The, the amount of momentum was incredible for that program heading into spring practice a year ago. And now look where we're at. A 7-6 and six and everything feels like it's falling apart again. <laughs> and it carried over into last season, that momentum you spoke of all the way into the fourth quarter of the TCU game, and then it turned around, which is crazy. It's crazy how one quarter has almost derailed an entire program uh, for at least the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever know what's going on. But, you know, we're, that's, that's – I'd love to know. I'd love to be – you know, it's kind of what we always joke about. I can't wait to see the 30 for 30 on this one. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, it's just it, – it's it baffles the mind – with, but it, but it doesn't though. All at the same time, it doesn't, because if you read if you read that article, unless Trace Ford is just making things up, it doesn't baffle the mind. Because if he doesn't have enough cooth or an, just to, you don't have to beg anybody to come back. But how in the heck do you not for that guy that was that good a player for you and fought through injuries for your program like he did? How in the world do you not at least send him a text like, hey man, thank you. Thanks for your time here at Oklahoma State. Uh, sorry that it didn't go all the way through, but gosh, we really enjoyed having you. Yeah, and nothing like that. And that's the hard. I mean, and we've seen that in the past. Is it because he went to OU? You're talking right. You, you, you went to OU. Well, and, he wasn't texting him. And, he wasn't uh, texting him way before he didn't go to. That he went to OU. That's true. I that's mean, true. He hasn't texted. I mean, him there's since. no effort to try to re-recruit him. That that is baffling. That is baffling. We have a text and, here that says, you know, we, we've ta- 
uh, if play, let me pull this up. If players are thinking about getting in the portal or are already in the portal, there's no reason to beg them to stay. Their interest is already gone. I agree with Gundy's philosophy. That's, I can tell you this in my mind, if that's true, and you're going to keep on recruiting at the 60th best team in the country every year with the high school recruits, Oklahoma State is has already passed its glory days because that's not the way the game is played anymore. As much as I don't like it and everybody listening, it, it, it really is. I mean, it, it, you don't have to beg him to stay. I'm not even asking you to beg Trace Ford to stay. But at least you could have the courtesy of texting him and saying thank you just to shut out and do nothing. Here's the problem. It's not only bothering Trace Ford, and it's not only going to bother people that read that article, it's also going to bother kids that you're recruiting out of high school now. And, and the question is going to be that's going to be asked to Mike Gundy in, the, in those conversations with high school kids, why do you do this? Do you really not care about your players like you say? Because your actions show that you don't. Your actions show that once you've gotten the good out of a kid and he's ready to move on or you can discard him because of injuries, you just move on and discard him, which is not what you want to be telling you know, 18, 19 parents of 18, 19-year-old kids that entrust their, uh, their kids' lives in your hands because you basically become the parent figure in their lives for four years. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's not been a good two, three weeks for Mike Gundy with how he's approached the uh, the media and that post-game uh, presser and then this. it's it, He's, I don't know, he's a little stubborn and he's got to get past that. It'll be interesting uh, because this is, the, this is yep. such an important time in OSU football because they are, uh, at least over the past decade, the, the teams that will be left in the Big 12, they are without a doubt the best one. Without a doubt have the best success, the, the success rate the most wins of anybody that's going to be left at this level. And it almost feels like Gundy is sabotaging himself trying to get this thing set up. You know, Sam brings up calling players by their numbers and not their names. You know, that's a, that's a football coach thing. You know, but at the same time, maybe it's, a, it's, it's part of the human being process that's maybe lacking a little bit with Mike Gundy. All right, I know you got to go. Yes, we're about six minutes away from tip, so i got to get going in my pregame. All right, Jared, yep. it's going to be on Paragon TV, Canute, and Mangum Girls coming up next. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, bud. See ya. See ya. It's Jared Atha from Merritt High School. It's, it's such a funny argument. It's such a funny conversation about this because it's it's so easy to, to, to say, and, and I think there is some part of, part of the truth of all of this is Kids are softer than they were years ago. Is it softer? Is it they have more options? Or is it both? Because I know they have more options than they've ever had as a, as a player in college football right this second. And I think it's because of, because of the way the, the nature of growing up is so much different now. I think you could probably put soft in there as well. And that's, and that's fine and dandy, and, and it is that way. But it is going to be that way. And outside of, I guess, maybe Georgia, gosh, you see Alabama using the portal a little bit all of a sudden, but the, you know, they're using it, picking their spots, not you know, supplementing their whole roster, at least last year. Now they've had defections that, you know, I wonder if maybe – Maybe this has always been happening from a roster turnover standpoint. 
it's just more public and more noticeable now because kids can make an announcement on their social media that they're getting in the portal. Like, there's no doubt. If you look back throughout Saban's tenure at Alabama and you just compare recruiting class numbers from the time he started all the way through now, there's times where over five-year periods they've signed an entire extra class of 25 versus everybody else in a four-year period. So there's been processing going on of roster. And so maybe this isn't as new a thing as we think, just we know because of the portal. Like, like I mean, here the portal's going to ruin college football. Is it really? I, I, I don't – it's annoying. But, I mean, if you take a look at, say, like the guys that left that, – that have left OU and OSU so far, OU especially – are any of those guys players that were going to play anyhow? And, and I guess that's my question. Just because they say, hey, I'm leaving in the portal, maybe they've always left, just not publicly in the portal, if that makes sense. And maybe that's just me hoping that's the case because it'll mean that college football will stay the way, or at least kind of the way it's been versus a, a giant change that it looks like we're about to – to go through I don't know I know one thing it makes for good radio because we can sit here and talk about it and try to figure out and try to speculate exactly what's happening all over the country but especially in Stillwater right now it's the first week of January high school basketball tournaments man we've got it covered all day long right here on well, on Paragon TV, Big Elk TV, all day long, multiple tournaments around the area. Question on the text line. Put yourself in the kids' shoes. Do you want to play or sit the bench? Pretty easy decision if you're a competitor. See, that's that's I, I, the question is, do you want to play? Absolutely you want to play. And, uh, I mean, I, I can put myself in that position. Now, I didn't have the options as a high school kid um to to I guess I could have but it wasn't a realistic option but but the truth is I I I was in this position as a sophomore in high school and I wasn't good enough to be able to play on the high school golf team here at Elk City that was a, a runner up in the state tournament I wasn't good enough and I, I guess maybe the there still are kids that will do will take this path though and that is work your tail off to try to get better. But there's no guarantee in that. And, and there's no guarantee if you leave that you automatically are going to go to a place where everybody, where, where you get to play. And the point of it is, if, if you can just, and maybe the, maybe the culture now is so now, 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 me, 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 where it's where you, you don't have a, you don't even it doesn't even occur to people to to buckle down and work hard and try to get better to earn that spot you know but i don't believe that i don't believe that's the case i think that's still there i think you see it all throughout you know athletics not only at the high school level but at the college level i think you see that every year but here's the thing that that isn't celebrated because it's not juicy enough for some people 
It's not juicy enough for some kid. I mean, look, just look at Stetson Bennett. Is there what an example he is of doing it the right way? So, I mean, I'm watching it with my own eyes, seeing Stetson Bennett live his lifelong dream as a, as a walk-on quarterback at Georgia and maybe leading them to back-to-back national titles. And he could have never done that if he'd have just left. But that, but even that story isn't being celebrated to the level that other stories will be. And that's kind of, that's kind of sad. But it, but it also does show that, yes, there are still kids in this society to be able to, that, that, that will buckle down and try to get better and, and, and find success like they used to in the old days. And that's and sure he had the option. He had the option to, to to stay, and he had the option to go. And he chose the option to stay and and get better. And and a big part of that was just his love for Georgia. And and you know that's where when we talk about the season, about the backup quarterback situation, let's say in Norman, and how brutal it was. And there were reasons why it was, but it was brutal. There's no doubt about that. And maybe that's why you go out. And sure, you try to recruit Jackson Arnold every chance you get. And when, when you're able to get him, you get him, and, and you hope like hell that he's going to end up being what you think he might be, judging by how he's performed in high school. But maybe you also go and you, and you find Steel Wassel at Choctaw, or you find Blaze Berlowitz at Cushing, or whoever that person is that's been a really good player in high school in the state of Oklahoma that would love nothing other than a chance to walk on and prove his mettle at the University of Oklahoma. I don't know, like say a Sam Bradford or Gundy. You know, Gundy's already there. That's why I really didn't want to use him as an example because he's already doing this. Oklahoma State's already doing this with, with Gundy. But at least that gives you, if you can, if you can talk a, a kid that's high level enough that wants to be there and maybe doesn't want to go play at a little bit of a smaller school and, and play a bunch, maybe that's the option that you take now as far as trying to build a quarterback room and have a capable backup in case somebody gets hurt. I agree. It is sad. It is sad to see kids just transferring all over the place. And maybe – and this is a great. This is something I've thought about. Maybe you let them transfer one time, and if they do it again, they have to sit out a year. I I think if there is some sort of cap put on it, I think that's what it's going to be. That makes the most sense because it does still allow some sort of freedom of movement for the kids, and and they don't feel like they're, you know, as they would put it, locked in, or you know the the. The, the coaches have more leeway than the kids or what have you. But at the same time, it also it – it, you can't just do it every single year. And, and I think that makes sense. I, I really do. So would I take Spencer Sanders back at OSU? Hell yes. What is the alternative? How do you not? I mean, see, I, I think that that's I, – I think some some people or some fans 
view him as walking out on the team. I don't view it as that. I view it as as him looking to better himself and then almost in a weird way it ought to be a compliment back to Oklahoma State that he got out there on the free agent market looked around and said, "You know what? I've got it the grass isn't greener anywhere else. The grass is greener right here where I was." And I think that's the point of the portal is you get out, you can you can allow yourself to essentially get recruited and you can go look around. But that doesn't always mean that you find a better situation than that you're in. And I think there's also a lot of extenuating circumstances around what's happening in Oklahoma State that makes sense for Spencer Sanders to be able to look around at. One, who's going to be his offensive coordinator? Who's going to be the coach of the offense? I think that that's that's something that it makes sense to me that he would do because he does only have one more year of college football than he's done. And this has to be a year that he proves everything that the scouts and the doubters want to see him be. I don't think you can compare this to real life. I'm sorry. I just don't question is if you're a boss and a guy quits, then wants to come back two weeks later, would you let him? I don't think this is real life. I think this is college athletics. I think there's a separation between the two. And if you want to say that uh, allowing these kids to do this will then make them not as valuable employees in the real world, you might be right. But I, I just I think that's apples and oranges comparing something. But I, but I'll also say this: with whatever else you're doing right now, do do you if somebody walks up to you and and knows what you're doing and says, hey. You ever think about doing this or you ever think about doing that? I think that happens all the time in real life. And all of a sudden you go back home and you talk to your wife and maybe even your family and, and discuss, hey, here's what, uh, here's what came across, came my way today. I think that happens all the time. And there's no formal you know, announcement need to be made unless you, know, you get into talks. I, I think that part of it is, is similar to real life. I think it happens all the time. But it's it's an amazing debate. There's no doubt about it. And and the problem is there's no right or wrong. But the but the argument is going to be such that people on either side of it are going to believe they're right and you're wrong, or vice versa. And then that's fine. That's the beauty of it. But I think there's a lot of nuance that's not there yet that will be there as this thing transpires. I mean, this is just the, it's the beginning of it. And it's all such a, it's such a drastic change in college athletics, college football especially, that it is just, it's just different. And it's going to, it's, it's here to stay. So this, this debate will go on forever. All right, High School Hoops all day today, Paragon TV, Big Elk TV. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.